I'm your host as always, Peggy Ansaltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, senior Forbes writer, and founder of Mobile Groove, bringing you, as always, every two weeks, yes, Reimagine Growth, a special mini-series on retention marketing powered by Clevertap. Clevertap is a modern integrated retention cloud that empowers digital consumer brands to increase customer retention, and lifetime value. That's why every two weeks we bring you tips and advice from marketers at major consumer brands who trust Clevertap to achieve their retention and engagement goals. Of course, today we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to speak with someone at Clevertap. We're going to talk about what some analysts are calling the Netflix effect. So since lockdown, we have racked up record numbers of hours consuming streaming content. I have, you have, I'm sure we all have, because these are the services, you know, the Spotify's, the Netflix, they just magically seem to understand what each and every one of us wants and appreciates. So we get what we want, even before we ask for it, and that's the magic. So it's no wonder that consumers now have come to expect the same level of attention and personalization from all brands and businesses they interact with across all the devices, across their daily journey. But is it enough to meet consumer needs and clinch that deal based on a knowledge of what we've done in the past? So past behavior, past purchases. Or should companies, for example, retailers, be bolder and adapt marketing to our unique needs in real time? Well, today we're talking to Abhishek Gupta. He's Chief Customer Officer at Clevertap, and he believes, we'll stick with retail for the moment, retailers, for example, can drive deep relationships and repeat purchases by harnessing hyper-personalization right now, in the now, to prepare for the future of retail. Abhishek, it's great to have you here. Thank you for taking the time from your offices in Mumbai, I understand. Thank you, Peggy. Excited to be here. First of all, your chief customer officer. What does that mean? What do you do? In my role, uh, I'm responsible for all post-sales functions. Uh, after a customer has come to us, uh, I'm responsible for ensuring that they're onboarded and integrated well with us. I have to ensure that they're being supported really well throughout the journey with Clevertap. And very importantly, I have to ensure that they are actually achieving the business outcomes for which they invested in the Clevertap product. In a sense, I'm responsible for ensuring that our customers are growing with us and we in turn are growing along with them. So I noticed, you know, across your track record, two decades of experience at Digital First businesses delivering strong retention and high growth. What talent or trait have you taken with you on your own personal journey that helps you most in doing your job at Clevertap? I've always focused on, on our customers. I've always kept our customers at the center of our decision making. And what that has resulted in is in terms, it has improved our ability to help our customers succeed. And when our customers succeed, we basically succeed along with them. So the growth and retention, Peggy, that you mentioned about, it principally comes from the fact that that I've been able to help a customer succeed. Now, to help them succeed, there are a couple of things that, that I've done. One is we provide solutions to our customers. But what our customers also need to succeed is we need to have a deep level of understanding with respect to their business. So consciously, I've made attempts to make sure that we understand the business that our customers are in. We understand the business objectives they have. And that has improved our ability to help our customers succeed. What we've also done is we also uh, taken a little bit of a strategic look uh, 
in terms of helping a customer succeed. So outside of the narrow tactical goals, I would spend time with the customers. I spend time with the customers to make sure that we're able to help them chart the long-term goals and in the process, uh, lay out a plan that helps them move forward. So it is really about just thinking for the customer, thinking along with them, thinking through all the obstacles which they may have in their path and solving for each one of those things in a methodical manner. And the most critical aspect is doing so in a repeatable manner across the board. And, and that really helps us, uh, that really has helped me achieve uh, the growth and retention and, and helping our customers succeed. You're also passionate about product, not only within Clever Chat, but also the connection to customer experience for your customers. Tell me about that connection. So product is a part of the customer experience. It is how customers realize value. So whether it be innovation, whether it be in terms of adoption, whether it be in terms of customers realizing value from the product, it is all part of the one single thing. So we work very closely uh, with the product team to make sure that our innovation roadmap, the ability, uh, our ability to help customers realize value through incremental use cases, uh, the experience that we deliver to our customers using a product, it's all one like it's all a part of that one holistic agenda that we have, both from a product standpoint and from a customer experience standpoint. It's one and the same, actually. It is indeed. That's why we're saying product is the new marketing, and it's it's more than that. Now you are very much in contact with your customers. I mean, there are executives within uh, CleverTap now doing a world tour of visiting with customers all around the world. Where do you see marketers struggling most? So if you think about marketers, they are focused on growth. And when, you, when they have to drive growth, there are really two parts. Acquiring users, which is acquisition of users, and second is retention of users. Now, when you're starting your journey uh, as a business, acquisition is important. But over a period of time, retention becomes of paramount importance. The challenge for marketers is that in a fiercely competitive world where the consumer expectations are rapidly evolving, making sure that you're able to retain your users onto your application or a website, it is it's a big challenge. Uh, if you look at some of the statistics, 90% of the users acquired by a brand leave them within the first 90 days. And that's a massive problem for the marketeers. They're trying to solve these problems of user retention and user engagement to build strong businesses. What do you recommend to marketers who are just starting to focus on retention? I mean, there's no quick fix, obviously, but the industry is starting to think about acquisition and retention. Marketers are focusing their efforts on both. Is there a way to start, like a jump start, to open the aperture of how you see the customer journey and start focusing on that? Is there something you can recommend? So messaging, if I talk about user engagement and messaging, that is a value exchange between the brand and its consumers. And marketers have an opportunity to create disproportionate amount of value for their consumers through that exchange. What marketers have to realize that as much as user retention is a challenge, it is an opportunity for them to get across to their consumers and create value for them at every touch point. I think marketers today, uh, I think it's, a, it's almost an imperative for them to focus on that particular attribute, that particular aspect of the business. And when done right, this basically creates disproportionate returns for the marketers. So it all comes together in the customer experience. And we've 
been seeing and discussing, you know, the Netflix effect that turns up the pressure on all companies from retail to travel, everything in between to improve and scale how they match marketing and messaging to your point to their customer needs. Just curious if we look at retail specifically, you've just published the Fit for Future of Retail Framework. You've even written about it now in VentureBeat. Tell us what this framework is. As a first step, we went about building a solution that allows retailers to analyze, segment, and engage customers using one single platform. But over a period of time, what we also realized is retailers basically in this, in this fast-changing world, they can use additional help in terms of domain expertise, in terms of best practices, strategies, use cases that allow them to get a jump start. So with the Fit for the Future Retail Framework, what we have done is we are providing retailers a blueprint with that they can utilize in their context to be able to uh, go ahead and, and start engaging with these consumers that I just spoke about and deliver value to them at every touch point. And in the process, uh, create these holistic customer journeys and, 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 and engage with these customers at every touch point of those journeys in a hyper-personalized manner. So Fit for the Future Framework is an industry playbook for retailers to get a jump start uh, on the strategies and use cases that retailers can adopt to drive user attention, drive customer lifetime value. And in the process, increase the revenues, reduce cost, and in turn, improve the profitability. You talk about the touch points, Abhishek. I'm just curious. I think sometimes through the pandemic that this has changed a bit and we're not maybe fully understanding the journey, the touch points. It's changed. It's shifted. I mean, how many touch points are there that marketers can be using or maybe not even using to their fullest? I think the opportunities for marketers are immense. And, and the first step of the marketeers is to truly understand the journey of the consumer. Now, what is happening is when you have a small consumer base, you can think of cohorts. But what is happening is once your user base expands, every consumer has a journey. And, and we're really talking about uh, a wide ranging, a wide range of customer journeys because every customer based on the geography, based on the psychographic needs, they would have the unique journey. Now, Marketers have an opportunity to understand those journeys and engage with the consumers in the context of their own unique journeys with the brand. But that is a massive opportunity. Uh, and thankfully, uh, marketers have solutions which can help them uh, achieve those outcomes. The idea was to provide retailers with a jump start, as you said, some tactics, a way to really go at achieving certain objectives. But uh, maybe you could tell me really what it enables retailers to do. Yeah. So we have a compelling platform that allows retailers to analyze, segment, and engage users on one single platform. Our focus has always been to ensure that our customers are able to maximize the value from a product and are able to basically do so in an expedited manner. As we started working with retailers across the globe, we realized that we have an opportunity to do more to help them succeed, to help them accelerate the value that they're getting from the platform. And what we did is we went about creating a set of best practices, set of strategies and use cases, which allow the retailers to achieve the KPIs 
in a in a in a in a holistic and an expedited manner. Fit for the future retail framework is a set of strategies. It's a set of use cases that retailers can utilize from the word go, and and this in turn allows them to not really go and figure out a lot of the stuff by themselves. Uh, it allows them a jump start. And it allows them to go ahead and start providing these compelling experiences to their end users very, very quickly. Report itself, I've taken a look at it, taken a look at your article uh, recently in uh, VentureBeat. And uh, you know, it's based on over 100 real interviews with, with customers. They're telling you, here's, where I, here's what I do, here's where I struggle, here's what I'm trying to achieve. I'm just wondering if across all of those interviews, if there's something that stood out, uh, particularly uh, surprising, something that maybe our listeners can identify with or uh, even sympathize with as being a marketing nightmare or a marketing opportunity. What can you share? You're right, Peggy. As a part of this process, we spoke to hundreds of customers. We also analyzed millions of data points uh, to be able to understand in great level of detail what exactly is going on, both from a consumer standpoint and from the perspective of retailers. And what interestingly, we saw a couple of things. One is uh, through this process, we realized that the challenge that marketer is facing and the help they need is huge. And, 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 and which is why we said, okay, we need to do more. And, and we basically created this fit for the future retail framework that, that we're talking about. But the secondly, what we also realized that when it comes to achieving the business objectives, there are actually a set of consistent business objectives, a set of consistent strategies that brands can adopt uh, to actually get the jump start that I spoke about. So for example, if you look at the business objectives, there are really three or four key objectives that retailers have like at a high level. They want to make sure that they're able to increase the retention of the new users with their acquiring. They want to ensure that they are able to engage the users in the most effective and efficient manner. They want to drive revenues to the users they have, and they want to make sure that they're able to retain these users for a longer period of time. And so what we've done is in this framework, across those four business objectives, we have laid out strategies and use cases that allows uh, brands and retailers to achieve each one of those objectives. Uh, we also provided KPIs against each one of those objectives so that it's not merely a theoretical exercise for the retailers. It's actually something which is very specific so that retailers in their own context, can choose and sequence activities based on whatever they're trying to achieve. And that's the really key part of this, because if you can measure it, then you can improve it. And you need to know the metrics. And the metrics aren't always the easy ones that add up to LTV. You know, It's uh, very specific ones for very specific steps. Can you give us an example of some of those metrics, maybe the more, um, yeah, I wouldn't say the more uh, esoteric, but the more the ones we don't think of that you've actually outlined here, things that marketers could measure and maybe aren't. So at a high level, from a business standpoint, retailers are trying to increase their revenues, reduce cost, improve profitability. Extremely important in this entire process. They want to make sure that the return on capital is important. In term, and in the process, they want to ensure that the return on capital is high. Now, to achieve these business uh, objectives or business goals, uh, they have to achieve certain underlying metrics, certain underlying business metrics. And what we have done in the Fit for Future Retail Framework, we have basically 
broken down this key business area into these business metrics which can be achieved and we have put all of that in the context of a customer's journey because that really is the cornerstone of this framework there are a couple of very simple examples that i can give so for example after you have acquired a new user it's important to ensure that you're able to convert an unnamed user into a registered user once you have a registered user you want to make sure that they are going and doing product views they are adding uh, products to the cart after they've added products to the cart you want to ensure that they're actually going ahead and buying it so you're focused on conversion rates you're focused on ctrs and and after a customer has completed a transaction you want to make sure that you're actually increasing the average revenue per user you're increasing the repeat transaction rate so we have kpis across the customer journey that is focused on all of these activities that retailers and brands want the consumers to do in their application or website. So Abhishek, you talk about what marketers can do to bring you deeper into the funnel. However, I've seen in experiences where, you know, they want they want you so badly that before they've even shown you why you would want to shop on their website, they're like, okay, give us your all your all your details. Give us your email, you know, sign up, be a member of this, that, and the other. And then I've seen some others who say, no, come on in, shop, be a guest. You don't have to do all of this and we'll deal with that later. Maybe after we've proven that we have shown value and delivered value. What are your thoughts around that early stage? Is there best practice for how you get someone deeper into the funnel, but not sort of just be that feeling that you're grabbing someone and you want to keep them. It feels almost desperate at the beginning is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think it's very, very, it's very, very important for brands to ensure that you're building trust with the customers. The whole thing that I'm talking about focused on customer journey, there are really two critical attributes. One is you want to be able to serve the needs of the customers. Second is you want to build a relationship with them, which is based on trust. So at all aspects and more so at the beginning of the journey of a customer with a brand, it's important to build the trust. Now, when we're talking about building the trust, it's important for customers to know that, that you are basically trying to help them get more value. That this messaging that is happening between the brand and the consumer is a value exchange. If a customer knows that they are going to get a more personalized, more relevant experience. If they are registered with a brand, uh, a retailer, they would be do they would be happy to do so. And the second set of assurance which the which the consumers need is that you are basically going to protect the privacy. And and so brands have to ensure that customers understand that that their information which they are providing to the brands, so or if they're registering with a brand. Uh, that the information would help them get better experience. And the second is all of this is going to be done in a privacy compliant manner. That assurance, that trust is very, very important. And one of the important things is that sometimes we, we think about all of these tactical goals, right? It's very easy to stay focused on CTRs, conversion rates, but the more important part is that trust, that emotional connect that a brand needs to have with the consumer is perhaps a more important part of this entire dynamics. And, and I believe that uh, there is an opportunity. As a matter of fact, there is a massive opportunity for marketers to build that emotional connect because at the end of the day, that emotional connect will, will ensure that customers are coming uh, to your application or website a lot more. It will also ensure that they stay with you for a longer period of time. So I've shared sort of my 
typical shopping experience, which is, um, you know, fending off some of the retailers that are a little bit too eager to have me as a customer. They haven't proven that they really have earned me as a customer. That's my sort of example of not a great experience. What about you? What's an example of a great experience or not so great experience? And one you would say tells us a story around best practice, how you treat your customers as individuals, how you should do this. Consumers are very clear that they want to be treated as individuals, whether it be a physical store or whether it be an online store, uh, whether it be uh, messaging which is happening in person or the messaging which is happening through digital mediums. So that, that personalization, that individualization in a, in a very contextual manner is very, very important. Now, in terms of uh, the good and the and, and not so good experiences that I've had, uh, I have really enjoyed uh, being on retail website or applications where the brands are able to provide me a personalized experience both on the user interface and through the messaging. And that experience is consistent. So I'm seeing, for example, if they're recommending a product to me, I'm actually seeing the same recommendation that is coming on the user interface and that's coming on the uh, via push notification on email. That gives me a consistent experience. And when that when that message, when that particular recommendation resonates with me, uh, I'm driven to actually complete the transaction but I've also, over a period of time, when I start seeing those personalized recommendations more and more, uh, it increases my trust in the brand, that they truly get me. What that does is, uh, when I have to shop again, uh, I go to the same retailer because I know that they get me. Uh, something that typically used to happen in, in offline stores that happens in physical retail stores, right? You walk into physical retail stores where we know that the person on the other side truly understands that no one needs. And when we will go there, we will be treated nicely. Uh, it, when that experience manifests in the digital world, uh, the consumer behavior basically kind of uh, resonates and it kind of gets replicated in a similar manner. Totally understand where you're coming from, Abhishek. You want to have your context sort of travel with you. You want people to understand you as individuals, and retailers need to know that. You know, they need to understand what you what you've bought, what might complement that, and that's all part of a larger concept that you're talking about. Um, which is not new. Other analysts have been speaking about it as well, but everyone has their different version of what it means and how to apply it. And you talk about hyper-personalization. What do you mean by that? So before I talk about hyper-personalization, let me, let me try and see if I can, if I can break a myth here. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so like if, if you're getting an email with a name on it, a lot of times people call it personalization. Now, that's a myth. That's not personalization. Personalization or hyper-personalization is actually about three critical things. The first one is it's about individualization. It, every consumer wants to be treated as individual. As a matter of fact, uh, over the course of the pandemic, uh, the consumer expectations have only gone up. Today, most of the customers are expressly stating that they want to be treated as an individual and not as a part of some random cohort. The second is uh, being able to anticipate customer needs and engage with them real time. Customers are saying that, that you should know me to serve me. And when, you, when you're serving me, serve me in my context and serve me real time. So that engagement has to happen in real time. If a customer is looking to buy something 
on your app or website today and you send a coupon two days later, that's not very helpful for a customer. So that real-time predictive engagement in the context of a customer's, in the context of the customer is very important. And the third is, which is very, very important is, uh, today, uh, when we talk about uh, personalization or hyper-personalization, um, a lot of times it's very transactional. It, it is about, okay, can I send someone uh, that particular coupon or can I send something which will drive people to a higher conversion rate? Now, all that is well and good, but what is very, very important is that you have to build that relationship with that consumer and you have to provide that hyper-personalized experience through the end-to-end -end journey with the brand. And what that means is you will have transaction events, you will have education-related events with them, and you sometimes you will just have those touch points to make the customer feel good. And so you, you have to really kind of touch upon all of those aspects to be able to build that long-term relationship. And uh, when brands provide these hyper-personalized experiences in real time through the end-to-end -end customer journey, uh, this can have like a disproportionate benefit uh, for the companies that put hyper-personalization at the, at the center of the business strategy versus companies that don't. Of course, retailers want to treat everyone as an individual. That's what they need to do. That's going to be the core of competitive advantage. But size matters too. You know, they need to treat a lot of people as individuals. How can retailers scale hyper-personalization and how does CleverTap enable this? Yeah, so before I answer that question, Peggy, I do want to touch upon the point that you made about the simple thing uh, mm -hmm. where the brand said, how are you? That's mm -hmm. a really good example because these small, small touch points matter a lot. Uh, they basically tell the consumer that as a brand, you care about them. That that empathy uh, is very, very important. And, and we like as we think about the world on a move forward basis, we have to put that empathy as a very important attribute of messaging and engagement with the customers. Now, coming to the scale part of it, uh, scale cannot be an afterthought in detail. Scale has to be a part of the very strategy. It has to be a part of the foundation uh, when you're laying out a business strategy for one simple reason. When you're thinking of engaging millions of customers in a hyper-personalized manner, multiple times during the day, you have to have scale. Um, built uh, into your strategy from the very beginning. Now, what you've done at CleverTap is uh, we, we have built a platform that is built for scale, uh, but you also uh, done a couple of things uh, which are very different and distinct uh, to make hyper-personalization a reality for, uh, for the brands uh, and for the consumers. So we, we have built a propriety database engine that we call as ARC, Automate, Retain, Convert. That's what um, ARC stands for, which allows brands to ingest uh, high volume of highly granular data. It allows them to synthesize all of this data very, very quickly and allows them to engage with their consumers in real time. Now, that is hugely impactful because you're engaging with the right customer in the right context at the right time with the right messaging. And, and that's very, very important. The second thing that we have done is we have invested uh, in, uh, in predictive capabilities that allow brands to anticipate the needs of the customers. So you have to be able to provide what a customer came looking for when they visit your website or app. And we enable brands to be able to provide those recommendations 
to the consumers. And the third is we have built capabilities that allow brands to utilize a unified platform built on unified database to engage with the consumers uh, from an end-to-end basis through the journey with the brand. So all of those three things allows brands to to engage with these consumers and provide these hyper-personalized experiences in a a non-transactional manner. Actually, you can do both transactional and relationship-oriented manner, but principally focused on their uh, on the journey, uh, end-to-end journey with the brand. So we've been talking about it the whole time. I'd like you to sum up with your golden rule of retention, Abhishek. Retention is one of those uh, areas which has a huge impact on the business, and sometimes that impact is less understood. The uh, so first is retention compounds. So when you when you retain more users, for example, over a period of time the gap between you and your competitors, it gets widened up over a period of time. So, uh, and, and that's why retention is very, very important. Uh, retention also is one of the, perhaps only KPI that cuts across your three areas of business. It helps you increase revenues, it helps you reduce cost, and it improves your profitability. There are not too many business levers that allow you to achieve all of the three outcomes together. My golden rule of retention is that you have to create both the functional value and for the customer and you have to have the emotional connect with them because functional value allows you to create value for the customer in the short run whereas the emotional connect allows you to create disproportionate value for the customers throughout the journey uh, with the with the brand when brands are focused on making sure that the messaging with that having with the consumer it is it is a it is a strong exchange of value between them and the consumer. They are able to achieve these two objectives uh, in terms of the transactional objective, in terms of the relationship objectives, and, and achieve the outcomes. Great way to sum it up. Talking about hyper personalization, individualization, your framework as well, which I'll have in the show notes. Abhishek. Thanks so much for sharing your personal journey and also telling us more about how to create a user journey. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Peggy. And of course, I won't let you go just yet, Abhishek, because our listeners, they do like to stay in touch. They do like to find out more. What's the best way to stay in touch or if they wanted to um, you know, chat with you or find out more about uh, how you see retention or how you enabled it? What's the best way? No, so I'm I'm very happy to uh, hear from uh, our, the listeners here, and they can easily reach out to me personally via my social media handles, and they can reach out to us uh, even through our website. Uh, we have got information present on our website uh, in terms of phone numbers, email IDs, forms, and they can utilize any of the uh, avenues that are most suitable for them to get across to us. Perfect. And you have them all up to a chat bot. I've been there. And we'll have all of these details, as I said, uh, in the show notes. So thanks again, Abhishek, for being on the show. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Peggy. Appreciate it. And to help marketers and organizations drive customer connection and retention, CleverTap as a company invites you to tune into Clever Tap Engage. Full disclosure, I'm also a co-host. It's a lively bi-weekly video podcast that challenges convention a little bit 
on occasion, a little edgy as well, shining a light on CMOs at major brands achieving meaningful, memorable, and clever customer engagement. So learn from the best and let us know as well what you've learned along the way. Check out the pure gold and lots of thought grenades over at the Clever Tap playlist on YouTube, Clever Tap Engage. And if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor, then you can email me, Peggy. Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can also find my portfolio of content marketing services. You can also check out this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, all of those channels. And don't forget video, of course. We are powered by my own brand, The Groove, on YouTube. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. Stay well, keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Music.